What's up, everyone? Welcome to our review of WandaVision, episode four. And this is such a great episode. I'm so excited for it. But you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor. This review will be spoilers. So if you don't want to hear spoilers, go watch the episode, then come back. And then we'll continue talking about this together. John, we finally got it. The MCU-type episode. We are here. How are you doing? Man, I'm doing so good. It was... I I knew the further along we were going to get into it, the better perspective we'd get. And this is finally them just kind of opening the floodgates just a little bit for us to get a taste of what's going on. And just the craziness that I think it's really starting to introduce the MCU has um, ramifications we're going to see in more films than just Doctor Strange 2, Spider-Man 3. Um, This is really kind of opening the doors for the next phase of all of the Marvel films in the future. Definitely. And I I really enjoyed uh, how we got more of a familiarity with S.W.O.R.D., who started it, which was Maria Rambo, which is Monica's, uh, or Geraldine, as she's known on that show. That's that's who her mother was. She's the one who started S.W.O.R.D. And uh, we definitely get a lot of that from Captain Marvel. So we now are really reaching into the plethora of lore in the MCU. So that is really exciting. And speaking of uh, lore and reaching in the MCU, we're going to get to some new cast members who've joined us. Returners like James Wu, played by Randall Park, and Dr. Darcy Lewis, played by Kat Dennings. They are back in the MCU type timeline. They've they've been gone for a little bit, but now here they are again, especially Darcy. We haven't seen her for a while since um, like Thor 2. Yeah, since Thor 2. It's been a long time. We didn't even get her in Thor 3. And with her return to to the MCU with WandaVision, it does have me curious, are we going to see her in Thor Love and Thunder? Uh I don't know. What do you think we will? I mean, I I think that with it being probably more of like an Earth-based story, it's definitely opened the door for it. Um, I mean, I, they're bringing back uh, Jane Foster. They've got Christian Bale as Gore the God Butcher. So there's already going to be a lot of um, new and returning characters in it. But I mean, I, I think she would obviously make a great addition to it. I think bringing back the old squad would probably uh, fit the story pretty well. Yeah, I definitely agree. I do, I do like what Kevin Feige is doing with bringing these characters who are so kind of obscure, maybe not James Wu as much, but definitely Darcy uh, or James Lewis, James Wu, bring James Wu back. Uh, But uh, other details uh, directed once again by Matt Shockman and the showrunner Jack Schaefer did not write for this one, or he didn't get the credits in the, at the end credit sequence. It was written by Bob Esfarjani and Megan McDonald. And this was a return to form as we discussed. And just my own opinion thoughts on the episode. I really enjoyed this episode, even though it wasn't really action packed. It did give us a lot of refamiliarity with, you know, this cast and how to sort get back on this. And we learn about the blip and seeing what uh, Monica goes through in during the blip and how she finds out that her mother you know, passed away during that time where she was gone. And we're seeing people reappear. I didn't know what was going on, honestly, until, you know, Monica walked outside of the the room she was in and seeing other people appear. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the blip. Boy, this is, the, you know, we're in the Thanos realm. 
basically we're in that part of the timeline and you know we even get it where three weeks later you know she comes back to sword to her position and she was it's just the way the story keeps building on it it is a major flashback and a good information dump i thought it was very well done uh the acting was pretty good i thought some of the dialogue was a little weak in my opinion especially by the darcy not not necessarily darcy but i think they could have done more with her but i am glad that she is a lot more confident i did see a little bit of a character arc where she is back to having quick uh quick quips with people and she she's talking to the chemical engineer and after she talks about you're the boy scout and then he says who he is and she's like nobody cares um i did really enjoy that she lifted the cmbr reader by herself and she's basically saying like she doesn't need help anymore she's not helpless i really i really enjoyed darcy but i really think they could have given her better lines i don't know why it just felt a little awkward and james Wu doing the magic trick to introduce himself to monica in the beginning was everything i needed i loved this <laughs> john give me your thoughts yeah i mean i definitely agree about the darcy character i think i think it felt maybe a little disjointed just because of how different it was from the rest of the series so far but also from the rest of the characters that are in the show um like her sense of humor that she brought to the table i think um, there wasn't anybody else for her to really play off of, so it was just kind of jarring mm. to be like, all of a sudden, hey, here's some humor. We're going to throw it in. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, this is the first bit of uh, information we've seen about, like, or context about the blip itself that we've gotten since Spider-Man th- uh, 2 when they just did, like, a very short segment of it in the, uh, the like, the news reel for that school um, so we haven't really seen it in the real world format other than like a kid getting hit, uh, by a basketball player. Um, so this was, yeah, it was a great bit of world building just overall in the MCU to see, um, yeah, like hospitals were completely affected by this and that, um, people, uh, like life went on in this time. Uh, and so we're seeing like the reaction of these people who came back and not just how like high school kids have aged, but how like parents have died in the in the five years since somebody's been gone uh careers have moved on um so we really get to see kind of how they fit back into the world um as these unaged after five year uh like this group of people um and then to have have monica rambeau be one of these characters who just like captain marvel was kind of um uh like a fish out of water when she came back to earth now Monica is in the same type of situation where she doesn't really fully fit in with the people around her because she she's missed out on this huge chunk of her life. Yeah, and the, see, going back to Monica and her mother, Maria, I did not like how they introduced Maria through, you know, this sequence in the hospital. I did not like how they just glossed over it with a picture when she's trying to get back into S.W.O.R.D., for people who aren't really familiar with the MCU or people who are watching with kids, people who don't, who aren't as heavily invested, who don't remember all these characters, that really is not something that you should just gloss over with just a quick, you know, moving the camera over to see her picture on a wall. I felt like that was very poorly done. If we could get just a somber moment with her and her mom after the sequence and, you know, seeing her next to maybe 
Captain Marvel, you know, her as, uh, oh man, I already forget her name as not Captain Marvel, but anyways. Carol, Carol Danvers? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, Carol Danvers. I am, I am your Maria Rambeau and you are Carol Danvers. Okay, John. <laughs> I'll take it. But that does bring up like a, a good little, um, comment there. So do you think, cause like I, I could see them taking more of a moment for that type of reunion in the Captain Marvel 2 movie because she really had more of a relationship with um, Monica or with Maria Rambeau than um, that we've seen with her daughter so far. So maybe in in this where it's not really focused on Maria's story, uh, it would have felt a little like we've like a little too much of a step back to sit there and have like this uh, like a like a fulfilling family moment for a character we literally just fully met um, in this episode. Well, it could take, you know, an extra 20 seconds to just her showing showing her next to her mother's picture and her just saying, <sighs> or like her taking a sigh or something. Just give us like a 20 second moment. But we don't get that. We don't, you know, there's no picture of her with Carol. There's nothing. And I, I only say this as a criticism for the people who might be lost, who don't know who these characters are. What's the significance of, of Geraldine, who we find out is Monica? They're you know there's it's not like everyone right now is acting like the meme from uh uh oh my gosh i'm just failing you know people putting the yarn between the different uh oh like the yeah the oh it's always sunny character sunny charlie yeah. not everyone who's watching this show is making those connections and that's why there are times to be subtle and times to not be subtle when you're doing easter eggs when you're sewing this sword logo all over the first episode but very subtly i think that's very well done but when you're talking about people who are major characters it is one of those it is one of those details that i think do not need to be glossed over so quickly and these episodes are you know 32 minutes and less than that because we're getting eight minutes of of credits so these are really 21 22 episode uh, 22 minute episodes and that's where my criticism comes through is like you can't spend an extra 30 seconds 20 seconds just going to this moment and i understand your point here where it's like we can't spend too much on these facts you know we can't take too much in the flashback time but i'm really just thinking of the as i've talked about with you before the general audience members and that's where my main concern was with them is because james Wu, that didn't feel as as a as forced because James who isn't really super important to Ant-Man. He's just, you know, there and he's hilarious. But when it comes to Darcy, Dr. Darcy Lewis, I think people are going to think like, why is this character significant? She's so smart. They might just think they're just randomly introducing a character, but you know, she doesn't even say anything about like, Oh, when they're introducing themselves, like she's talking to the other scientists. She doesn't mention anything about Thor or about Natalie Portman or, you know, or, you know, it, Jane Foster, Jane Foster. Yeah. <laughs> I almost went like old flame Jane Foster as a uh, Thor would say, it, but I'm not, you can tell by my voice. Can't do it handsomely. But anyways, Oh, what are, what are your thoughts with how the plot uh, worked itself out and how they told that story in this episode? Yeah. I mean, I, I thought that they, um, I, I really liked the context of like the, like the drone helicopters being flown in and rather than like what we had seen in the trailer where a helicopter like a life-size helicopter was the one that that kind of fell into the the border of it um and like we kind of all assumed that that was what 
uh, ended up being that the toy helicopter in the in the actual series. Yeah. I, I like that they're kind of still giving us a little bit of misdirection with what we with the footage we've seen so far. Um, so it, it's nice to still be a little surprised. And I I think that it gave it did a really good job of explaining the situation, the fact that a neighboring town entirely like an entire neighboring town had amnesia um and whose memories were wiped about the existence of westview um that they they all had no idea who was there that they didn't know the people were inside that it started out as a missing persons case um probably from somebody that wasn't connected to the town itself um and that may be why they weren't affected by it but that's just it kind of raises more questions of um what powers exactly does uh does the scar witch have like does she have this ability to um give that entire neighboring town amnesia to kind of serve her own purposes or was that somebody else that had kind of stepped in um because i I think we we answered a a few questions this episode but wrote like we had even more questions raised um which i think is important to do when you're halfway through a season and a show like this is to not start paying off everything but really keep us invested um and i think they did a really good job of that while still being interesting while still having enough cert like fan service and, and plot service to to satisfy the people that have watched it so far um i'm sticking with my, with my guns though that this is not a series and i think from this point out the mcu is not really a series for people who have not been paying attention this whole time and like i'm not saying people everybody needs to be aware of like all of the small little easter eggs thrown in Mm -hmm. but i think if you're watching at this point and you haven't seen good chunks of the content that's come before it i think you're in the wrong uh nerd family here and that this is really not about drawing in new audience members it's more about investing and retaining the people that they already have Okay, so for the record, everyone, we are going on the record. John is not for the everyday man. <laughs> Gatekeeping, he is not for inclusivity. He is for exclusivity. So just saying here on the podcast, on this platform, you are not for the everyday man. You are for the hedge fund people, which we'll talk about in another uh, podcast. No, I'm kidding. Um, That's fair. No, I'm, I'm here for just like the 80% of the world that has been following the MCU. <laughs> exactly. You know, it, it is one of those things that is always about, you know, how delicate you are with it for me, because I am one of those people who will watch something and turn my brain off and be like, that was really good. And then people online will say like, ah, this was terrible because not, you know, so congruent to the lore. I just want it to be done well. That's all I want. And that's where, you know, my critiques with this episode is that we just assume that the audience knows everything. And you bring up a good point that if you're this far into it, if you're just hopping on, you need to start from square one, which boy, howdy, do you have a lot of work ahead of you? You have a lot <laughs> of work. Like this is not, this is not like something like, Oh, you know, I could just bang this out in like one hour. My homework's done for the next day. No, this is like the summer reading where it's the summer reading from hell where you have like 10 books to read, which, and you have to have book reports when you come back, you know, good luck. But uh, I just I really love what they did with the plot, explaining that, yes, this is Wanda. They have the radio thing where it is James who is saying, Wanda, who's doing this to you? And we find out uh, in a scene that we didn't get to see where Monica is basically pushed out of the of this television sitcom 
we see the moment where she just pushes her out, you know, which was cut from the last episode. And they even say, like, someone's censoring all this stuff. We're seeing the cuts, and they're more extreme. And in we're, they're more extreme on what Darcy and, and James are seeing compared to what we saw while we were in the sitcom itself. And the reveal of dead vision. Look, oh, yeah. Looking at Wanda was kind of freaky and very well, very well done. This is... This is definitely, we get the reveal, this is definitely Wanda, and we see how it's taking its toll on her. It's that person who is kind of manic, and they're trying to keep, they're trying to have as much control as possible when they're struggling with so much at the same time. So I really, really have enjoyed what they've done there with that. So hats off to the series. They've done a lot of things well, but my only gripe is that they're not doing enough for the people who might not have been paying attention. I, 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 I'm sure I'm in the minority here, but it, it definitely does hamper it a little bit for me. I mean, that, that's like saying in the seventh and eighth Harry Potter movie where they weren't giving enough fan service to the people who were just now jumping on. I mean, at this point, there is just like, like you said, like there's so much of a foundation set before it that in order to really understand the context in which the story, like the context of the story that they're telling you need to be able to go back and watch or read the first couple chapters of the book mm. um, or like even skipping around. Like, I mean, it is crazy that you would have to go back and watch uh, the Thor movies. First, Thor, first three films you got to watch. Uh, yeah, basically. Yeah. So 24th when Black Widow comes out. Yeah. So like even just for this series, you have to watch the two Thor movies, the Captain Marvel movie, Ant- um, Ant-Man. You have uh, to watch all the Avengers. Basically, uh, at least all. Age of Ultron, Civil War, Infinity War, Endgame. Um, you know what? As we go through this, I'm now starting to discover... I'm changing my opinion a little bit because it is... You have to give it an analogy, and you have to compare this to something else. There's nothing to compare this to. This has never been done in media before. Yeah, exactly. It, it, you bring up the Harry Potter thing, and then I tried to contextualize that, is that... We've never seen this happen before, where movies transcend with television in such a unique way that this is almost like the biggest television series of all time. And instead, there are movies instead of episodes. It's incredible. And it's almost like uh, jumping into Game of Thrones in season four. And you're like, wait, why is this guy on trial? Who did he kill? Why is this kid so important? Like, I guess that's what it feels like watching division a little bit so I, I you know what i i've changed the corner you are right yes so you do win i just it, this is so astounding and they're doing it so much better than those netflix marvel shows well and right? and that's the thing like i think kevin feige went into this knowing that the, like the or envisioning this as chapters of a book rather than individual movies and that's why they've been so successful at being interconnected is that they all share an overarching narrative even if they're different characters in different worlds um, or they come from different places he's always had that um, quote-unquote end game in mind so that when you have this kind of a retroactive perspective um, and you look at this thing as a whole it's all part of one story which is basically like what they did with the comics and that's that just shows how much of a hardcore fan that he is is that you had these individual heroes with their own comic storylines but then you had these huge event 
uh, like sequences and, and storylines that brought them all together and you and it showed just how interconnected they all are um, which I it is just yeah like you said they have no one's has ever been able to do this before and that it's been invested in over two decades now um, of what's been going on with oh, a little bit more into two decades now um, with what's going on with everything um, and I, I think they have definitely continued this and I'm, I'm choosing to see this as as like a four-hour movie rather than eight half-hour tv show episodes where yes we're getting it in chunks week to week but at the end we're going to be able to go back and binge it and it's still going to be it's still going to look like a continuous four-hour movie that's just another addition in the mcu Hmm. well said well let's move on to what did we think of the visuals what did we think of the set design because now this is a kind of uh we interrupt you i forget what the the title of the episode was but it's like to inter interrupt your your broadcast and we get to see the real the real world you know outside of what wanda is doing and i'm curious to hear your thoughts uh of what you what you took away from the color palette that they use they changed the aspect ratio uh a few times but uh tenoya paris is monica in the way she's dressed up she's presenting herself the whole hospital scene you know what do you think about how they set this up for us and how it looked i mean they do such a good job visually of telling where they are um that like immediately it felt like we were back watching just another mcu movie um or like we we could have been in the same like a different scene in endgame with how visually it looked and then it wasn't until we started interacting with um, Wanda's uh, uh, little pocket world again that we started seeing uh, like previous clips from like the earlier episodes and kind of getting that broader perspective. But everything on the outside still looked like just another average MCU movie. Um, so that they're, even outside of just Wanda's TV show, like they're very particular about how everything looks and about how everything feels and sounds. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's just getting to be crazier and crazier, but I think they do a really good job of, of separating and making that distinction of this is what's in uh, Wanda's world and this is what's in the real world. Um, but then the lines are going to start getting more and more blurred as what she does start, starts to affect the outside world. Mm, mm. Yeah, it, it did feel more like your classic MCU type movie with the palette that they chose. I thought it was very funny. I was getting like serious Thor thor vibes with how they did uh with how they did the set for sword the, yeah the compound that they had that they set up in 24 hours which is incredibly, incredibly <laughs> impressive to have all that equipment shipping you know scientists of all different backgrounds i just really like i really enjoyed that they didn't use dutch angle angles for it yeah which you know now that you mentioned that and i it, it did feel like a little jarring that they it only took them 24 hours to do that but i think that initially just right off the bat shows you just how powerful and efficient this organization is without anyone actually having to say it i mean to know that within 24 hours they can set this giant compound with all of these resources i think is starting to show the scale of an organization that we've only seen one other time as like a hint yeah which does bring me to question uh did they deliberately make the sword headquarters on earth really small because when we go to the the directors the guy who i don't know what his title is 
who Monica meets with. I don't know how much of a director it is because when we see Sword in at the end of Captain Marvel, I assume that that's the headquarters. And what we see on Earth is kind of like the terrestrial headquarters. It's smaller. It's a it's like this the local operation compared to like the international headquarters. So I'm curious if they made that scale to make it look really small because Shield is. Shield is huge throughout the MCU, and I think Sword, seeing it here, it felt a little bit smaller, which I'm not complaining. I think that was very well done, if that's what the intention was, because that's what I took away from it. Yeah, I mean, if you've invested all this time and money into a space station the size and scale that I think will be shown in future movies, um, I mean, it does make sense that you would still invest a decent amount of resources to like a more terrestrial uh, compound like that, but... Um, I think they're setting it up as like we have like one foot on Earth and that's just really to where like kind of the office drones can be and we don't need a ton of space because that's not where the bulk of the operations are held mm-hmm. because they talked about um, like Monica's already been up in space um, which is one of the things they were hinting at where she was grounded with only terrestrial missions from here on out so there is still a good amount of travel that happens between Earth and that space station which means it's been operational for quite some time that her entire career almost has been spent going up there and doing missions, um, which gives it that sense of longevity right off the bat as well. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think that's just like an office building, and then the bulk of the operations and, and resources that they have are being invested up in the space station. Which would be very cool if we did get a sneak peek at what it looked like in this series because we are not dealing with shield right now we're dealing with sword so i hope we could get a little bit more into that at the end of the series uh that's just my kind of hope but we'll see but let's talk about now the acting because we kind of switched from sitcom and we've seen been seeing the chops of elizabeth olsen and we've been seeing the chops of paul bettany and then we switch over to the real world and I thought some of the things that the actors were supposed to do was a little odd, like the back and forth between Monica and the guy, Taylor, is his name? Tyler? Tyler. Yeah. The, the Her boss, Tyler, was a little odd where it's like, oh, you were the only one around. That's why they picked you. But they were really friendly about it. It's almost like no, there would, like the no time had gone by. Mm-hmm. Like there was no, it felt like they were kind of in their own bubble of like, oh yeah, I've been gone, but now I'm back. But it didn't feel like, you know, any time had gone by, which was kind of odd, the acting there. And we've, I've already said it in my opening thoughts with Darcy and the the quips, which James does a great job of playing off of Darcy. And the part where he's just like, yeah, do you ever want any when they're talking about the twins and he thinks that they're talking about twins? And she's like, no, chips. And he's like, oh. And then James Wu, Randall Park specifically, as a madman, takes a bite of the chip and he bites like maybe 25% off. Just bite the whole chip, dude. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, I, I love the quirkiness that they've kind of kept with those characters. Um, it definitely makes for a fun kind of dynamic on the outside of just the, the fun, quirky scientists that are getting thrown into this massive operation here. Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not trying to harp on too much of... The actors, I think they are acting their butts off. Most of the time I go for direction is an issue. Unless an actor really is terrible, which I, I would say the Tyler guy was not very convincing to me. But overall, the performances for this show have been really good. And once again, 
the show is stolen by Elizabeth Olsen at the end. Well, yeah. She sees Dead Vision, and we see her change from sitcom Wanda into kind of the Sokovia Wanda. When she was with Hydra and she was experimenting, you hear the tremble, you hear the accent, and her voice change to where she's telling Vision everything will be fine. And you just see the struggle, you hear the struggle in her voice as she tries to grip everything and make sure it's not taken away from her. Incredible. She still steals the show for me in this episode as far as the acting chops. It's incredible. Which that brings up, I mean, just that whole end end of the episode situation brings up like that everybody thought that she had brought Vision back to life or was in the process of it. But this just proves that Vision is dead. He has been dead this entire time. She is basically doing Weekend at Bernie's here where he he is like completely offline and she is just reanimating a dead corpse to fit her own psychological needs to try and process and spend more time with him that she never felt like she got in while he was alive um so that means that uh i mean like she has been been seeing dead vision this whole time um that's that's the the thing that she's able to see and still acts like everything's fine which is, is, I think, to me, tells like she's starting to have like or has been having a psychological break and in in that she's put herself in these sitcom situations looking at her dead lover um, as he's acting around or walking around acting like everything's fine and then she's portraying to the rest of the world this sense of normalcy and obviously that's not what's there. So I think, and it also showed that Vision, like you could just tell in the look in his eyes, that Vision is more aware of the situation than is what is being let on, and I, I think all of the people in the town know what's happening, but they're playing along because maybe Wanda hurt somebody right off the bat that didn't want to play the game, maybe she killed somebody, and the rest of the townspeople saw that and they know that if they don't if they don't play her game that they're gonna die too. Um, which I think is just setting up again or reinforcing the fact that Wanda is the is the primary villain behind this whole situation. And maybe Mephisto and these other characters we thought were part of it have less to do with it than we originally anticipated. Because, I mean, like when Monica woke up, she said, it's, it's Wanda. It's all Wanda. So maybe, maybe this is just kind of their way of saying, like, no, Wanda is actually the villain... Uh, or the antagonist behind this whole uh, story here. Yeah, and we're still we're still at episode four. We're not even at the halfway point, which happens at next episode. We've got five more episodes left, and you could still introduce a villain because these first four episodes have been about explaining what happened, how did we get here, and and that's a long time for exposition, but it's also a great way that they did it. It just shows how stylistically genius this team is and kevin feige what a great job that he's done as this mastermind and puppeteer let's say of the ncu where i still think you can get a mephisto i still think you can get an agatha we just have to wait and see because at this point you're gonna see a struggle between now that we know when monica gets debriefed because we just saw her at the end again you know kind of in the state of shock you know we're gonna see that discussion of how are we going to wake up Wanda? How are we going to, how are we going to fix this? How are we going to go against Wanda? And I guarantee I, my prediction is there's gotta be a third player in this. That is 
causing more of this to happen because this is supposed to have ripple effects if i'm not mistaken across the next of the next part of phase four correct yeah yeah and this the the events in this show directly tie into dr strange 2 and so they're actually filming scenes with elizabeth olsen and and, um benedict cumberbatch together for that movie so i mean there's a chance also that he is going to have a little cameo at the end of this of the series to kind of lead her maybe to um camartage or um or his place in new york to kind of help train her or rehabilitate her maybe help bring up her kids and help them discover their powers because i'm sure they're going to age up quite a bit in this series i don't think we're going to leave it with them still being babies i think they're going to be young adults by the time the series ends um but yeah, no, this like directly affects the next few MCU movies uh, in, as far as like the timeline goes. Because we don't know when exactly um, events like the Eternals movie or when they happen, when um, uh, Shang-Chi happens. So we know at least Doctor Strange 2, it's going to directly tie into that. Yep. So final thoughts. I thought this episode was great. Uh, there were a couple small, once again, nitpicking of the episode itself but as a series it is really doing a great job the acting by elizabeth olsen is outstanding it really is bringing the scarlet witch character into a i would say a new realm of stardom for the mcu now that we're kind of away from iron man and captain america so i'm very much impressed with this series the set design the aspect ratios that they're doing bringing back old characters I really dig this. And it, it's a nice clown. Uh, clown. It's a nice palate cleanser. I don't know how that happened. But it's a nice palate cleanser to get an MCU type of episode. An Avengers type of episode in a sitcom show. And I'm really excited to see what happens. John, what are your ending thoughts? Yeah. No, I mean, I totally agree. I It makes me more and more excited for the next couple episodes um it's nice to see the rest of the fandom kind of jumping on and get as enthusiastic about this as as i think some of us have been from the beginning just seeing the potential that the story had um and now it's being accessed by so many more people i do have like a little theory that i think they are going to use sword potentially as like a um uh explanation about how maybe the fantastic four got their powers with their constant travel to space and the fact that they have a space station up there um I think maybe, and this is just my own little personal theory that I just want to get out there so maybe I can see if I'm right and compare it a couple of years down the road. Um, but I do think that maybe the Fantastic Four will have worked for S.W.O.R.D., maybe be consultants in some degree, and that maybe mission went awry and that is how they got the powers is through a S.W.O.R.D. mission. Um, that has nothing to do with the show, but I just some of the things that they introduced kind of made me lean in that direction, so I wanted to get that out there early. Yeah, and they're going to have Chris Evan play the Human Torch again, right? Why not? He said he's going to come back. So it's multiverse. They can do whatever they want at this point. When Kevin said he could come back, they meant as Human Torch. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) No, no, no. We'll see what happens. That's a pretty interesting theory. I heard something similar, but instead of of it being about the uh, Fantastic Four, they were saying it was going to be about the uh, mutants. And that's how they're going to re- introduce mutants or introduce mutants into this world is that it's going to happen through wanda's kids so i don't know oh yeah yeah that's that's an old theory but yeah i'm 100 percent on board for that you're operating off like 
gigabit and i'm on broadband so I'm <laughs> we'll talk about that later <laughs> anyways thanks for joining us for wandavision episode four we'll be back next week with episode five as we continue through the mcu we'll see you next time bye